This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Krause, and you are listening to the podcast, Working Drummer. Today, my guests are two chiropractors based out of Nashville, Tennessee, who have a practice called the Fine Tune Clinic. They are Dr. Charlie Kautz and Dr. Cheyenne Gafari. They provide state-of-the-art techniques that directly treat specific muscles to relieve pain symptoms and improve range of motion. After years of observing and working with musicians, they provide a unique combination of advanced myofascial and chiropractic techniques to address underlying causes of repetitive stress injuries. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, you can join our Patreon page. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can get some educational content. Most recently, we've had former guest Kyle May go through his snare selection in his home studio. We've got great new content from Bruce Becker. And coming very soon, we've got a video from former guest Brian Zach called Developing a Great Ride Swing Feel. So all this educational information is accessible at our Patreon page, patreon.com slash working drummer. If Patreon isn't your thing and you want to make a one-time donation through PayPal, you can find that link on our website at workingdrummer.net. So I've been seeing Dr. Cheyenne Gafari for about four months, and it's made just such an amazing difference in the way I feel, in the way my posture is, and the way I'm able to support myself and stay relaxed while I play. It's It's been amazing. We talk about finding chiropractors in your area. If you are looking for someone and you're not in the Nashville area, you can contact these guys and they can find someone in your area that does the same kind of thing that they do or someone that hopefully you could get to. So I encourage you to do that. We also mention that if you are in Nashville at Nelson's Drum Shop, July 18th, 2023 at 7 p.m., they're doing a clinic. There's a couple drummers that are going to be there. Adam Willard from Alkaline Trio and Chris Myers from Umphreys McGee are going to be there and uh, probably doing some demoing of the work that these guys do so well. So if you are in town in Nashville on July 18th at 7 p.m. at Nelson's Drum Shop, go check that out. But for now, I hope you enjoy this conversation with Dr. Charlie Kautz and Dr. Cheyenne Gafari. This is a, a little mini round table. We've got two guests, which is great. Charlie, Dr. Kautz. Yep, there you go. Good job. All right. Are we doing Dr. G so, with you, Cheyenne? Yeah, I mean, I... Have uh, we settled on that yet? Yeah, I think Dr. G's... I, I like Dr. G. I like it. Um, I, obviously, you know, I'm all right with people calling me by my by my full name, Dr. Cheyenne Gafari, but I like the the ring that Dr. G has that kind of just rolls off. I do, I do like that. Yeah. yeah, that is pretty cool. I'm sure this could like, be the Dr. G launch party right here, your yeah. podcast. This could. <laughs> well, you know, as we say, uh, it doesn't matter what you call me as long as you call me. Exactly. And so we're here to talk about what you guys are doing. Uh, and is it the Fine Tune Clinic? Okay. Because on the website, it's musician's physician. Is that still a thing? Yeah, um, so Musician's Physician is basically the brand that I've been going by for the last decade plus of my career. Um, I started in Milwaukee. I was working in a, a, a standard clinic up there. And uh, 
um, I was working with musicians on the side, on site at music venues and on tours. Uh, not many musicians, professional touring musicians live in Milwaukee. So all the musicians I was working with were passing through town. And uh, so I developed the musician's physician brand. And then when I came to Nashville uh, and expanded the clinic to more providers besides myself, I wanted a name for the practice for the clinic for the gotcha. space rather yeah. than the brand being centered around an individual so um the fine-tune clinic is what i came up with because it plays into the brand and that's what we call our space our clinic here in nashville tennessee the fine-tune clinic yeah um, i will always be the musician's physician and cheyenne is certainly a musician's physician himself right. um um he's he's really learned the ropes and ha- had a lot of experience being around me the last couple of years um on site and in in the clinic here but uh yeah the fine-tuned clinic is 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 our label for our clinic here gotcha and so that kind of leaves it open for the non-musician to come see you guys and i know you've had people that have come see you for whatever and and Especially when you're equating what musicians go through in the parallels to what athletes go through or other people that have physically demanding jobs, there's you're still dealing with the human body. So you're like, well, come and see us and, and we'll help you. You don't have to be a musician to come to the fine-tuned clinic. Totally. There are sports clinics that exist everywhere in yes. every city. Yeah. And non-athletes go to those sports clinics. For sure. Um, because they want that type of care. Um, and so how I view musicians are that they're small muscle athletes. It's all repetitive stress injury. It, 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 there really is no difference between how a practitioner or provider should treat a musician um, compared to an athlete. Um, I actually find we can have a more profound effect on musicians because musicians tend to have not as much education about their biomechanics and about their sport and about their bodies. Um, They also unfortunately tend to most times be more unhealthy than your than your average <laughs> athlete. Um, uh, um, so we're with athletes trying to take someone who's at the top of their health game a little bit higher. Um, and with musicians, we're trying to take someone who's very average or below. And, and with a little bit of work, you can have a really big profound effect. And so you can have a big significant difference um, in the lives and in the performance and in the, in the management of pain symptoms with, the, with these individuals uh, compared to most, most other individuals. So it's a very needed thing. And it's oh, been yeah, very sure. easy to integrate. Um, I just, there's not been very many people who have made it their brand like I have for my entire career. And, uh, you know, it's been, it, it, it's, it's been really easy to do because of all those things. Right. No, I feel like there's a lot of parallels with athletes, but at the same time, there's other things. And, and to kind of go from the opposite end of what you were saying about, you know, a lot of musicians being living unhealthy lives, unhealthy habits and things like that, that just would not work well with an athlete's career. You also have musicians like myself who are at an age, I'm just over 50 and still working professionally. How many professional athletes are in their 40s doing things. That's very true. It's a good point. Yeah. You Longevity. Know, right. And so I've always felt like I've taken care of myself. I've, I've exercised regularly. 
I've, I've done things that I thought were the right thing. I've sought education. I've had personal trainers. Uh, I've had personal trainers that are specialized with musicians. Uh, I've worked with uh, uh, doctors that do active release. What did you notice about me when I first came? Well, I, the first thing I noticed was... What a handsome devil. Oh, that's, <laughs> you stole the words out of my mouth. You are a look, good-looking so, dude. So handsome. <laughs> Um, but after that all settled, <laughs> okay. after that all settled, the butterflies, could, yeah, the butterflies and I was able to, your vision came back, finally focus. Jeez. <laughs> um, I noticed one, how passionate you were about what you were doing and how much you were really trying your best to really explain what was going on. And I think this is something that sometimes gets lost in translation because there isn't a wor- always a word in any language that can describe a feeling. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that patients struggle with sometimes is really trying to, they're always trying to think of the right word. And I urge them to, to not think too hard. I'm like, it's okay. You know, sometimes there aren't always words to describe what's going on and empathizing with that myself. And I, I noticed with you that you the, even said to me, right off the bat like if I wasn't a drummer I probably wouldn't even notice this right and it's something was so fine-tuned mm-hmm. that you could pick it pick up on it only when you were drumming and that told me that you were really in tune with your body yeah and I think that's something that people don't realize when they think of musicians because they are athletes of how in tune you have to be with your body in order to to perform not only in front of an audience, but to rehearse for hours and hours and hours and do something so repetitive. Um, Especially as a drummer. Yes. Yes. Yeah, unlike the other instruments on stage, the drummer doesn't sh- really shut off at any point. You're you the know, heartbeat. It's, it's a constant. It's a constant thing, and so uh, one little flaw in the system can really stand out. Especially because what you're doing, you're doing fifteen thousand times. Yes. Um, on stage on one performance so uh, you know uh, you're going to be really in tune with the small flaws in your system and so for Cheyenne to listen to what you're saying and to hone in on that and then take all of his knowledge base his database of information that he's downloaded as a healthcare practitioner and apply that towards the words that you're communicating towards him as a drummer in your own body I think that's where the magic happens when, when you combine those two things. Right, and you're not a drummer, but I still no. feel like I can express myself and be honest with you about that stuff. And you're on a, I guess, a physical, medical level. Yeah. You're going to understand where I'm coming from. Yeah, I would say that chiropractors are biomechanical specialists or even you know physical therapists, good physical therapists, they're really tuned into the body. And although I don't play the drums, I can understand drumming and understand what's going on. And I myself have you know, dealt with issues, and so I could really easily empathize with you with what you were feeling because it was frustrating and it was affecting your craft and you felt like you weren't you know, performing at your best. And you, you really wanted to perform at your best. And our goal is always to get our patients to feel good, move better, and perform their best. Yeah. So upon examining you, 
I was really intrigued and I, I, it kind of piqued my interest because it's something that you don't typically see. And I knew it wasn't like, oh, I, as simple as, oh, I just have pain with this movement. Because it, it wasn't even really pain. It was just you just felt like not quite as coordinated. And a lot of that, it can be really simple. It could be just like, you know, muscles or tight muscles. But, you know, ultimately what's controlling everything is your mind. And so to some degree coaching you, because as a, as a chiropractor, I'm also, it's incumbent upon me to think of myself as a coach to help lead my patients to their, to their goal. I would, I would also add a cheerleader too. Yes, definitely a cheerleader yeah, yeah. with the pom-poms and everything. <laughs> it's a little um, awkward, but I got over it. <laughs> Work with you without going into too much boring detail has been almost like a combination of all the other people that I've seen in the last three years, whether it was deep tissue massage, which was great, some chiropractic work, which has been good, working with a physical therapist, uh, which has been really good, and kind of combining those things. But I feel like when I'm here, I'm getting a little bit of all that, along with, I mean, I, I have to apologize. There's times that I'm just like, talking about just everything and just like spilling my guts <laughs> to you about what's going on. And we're therapy. Getting, yeah. yeah. A little bit of therapy. Table talk. Right. Exactly. We get a lot of that in our office, which yeah. is totally fine. Yeah. I mean, you yeah. know, cause that the mind body yes. connection is totally real. And you were just talking about the nervous system. Well, the connection between the mind and when I mean body, I mean muscle. So mind, body, the connection between those two is inherently the nervous system, your nerves. And that's what we treat as chiropractors. That's what we treat, nerves, the nervous system. And so we're right there in the middle between the mind and the muscles. And so, you know, a lot of times people don't think about the nervous system when they think of their hands, but what controls those hands? Nerves. Where do the nerves come from? Your mind. Right. And so when you start to treat all of those things and address all of those things holistically and take a step back and look at the big picture, then you can really hone in on where the source of the issue is. But also sometimes that source is not a source. It's sources. And so, you know, people a lot of times walk into our office and they expect one diagnosis. Why does my hand hurt? And they expect me to say one thing. Well, really, their pain symptoms or their performance restrictions are a byproduct of six or seven different things. And if we can treat or identify the majority of those six or seven things, well, then we can get results quick and the patient can be really happy and satisfied and, more importantly, prevent a lot of problems down the road that were inherently going to happen or, or continue to get worse. And that's the type of stuff that's career-ending or longevity oh, yeah. induce, you know, has an effect on longevity. So you, know, you don't even see the problems that you're fixing in real time. You don't see that down, those problems that will, would have been down the road. And so that's what's really cool about what we do is, is, is not only like take care of the issues that are happening now, but prevent them from getting worse down the road. Sure. And again, kind of the, to, to piggyback on what you're saying, a lot of the things that I've been doing over the last three years has been a little bit here and there, uh, you know, spot checking all these different uh, concerns. But when I feel like I'm here, I'm you're getting all those things, you know. So, so that's that again, I think that helps attribute to uh, better performance because if it's weakness in the left arm or less control with that, it's like, well, where is that coming from? And I'm discovering 
like how the body is all connected and how when I relax my right side, my left side is working better. When you work on, when I, when I work on even in the gym, when I work on uh, posterior chain or, um, you know, other things like that, like how much better my upper body functions because I have more range of motion. So like how all that stuff as opposed to like, well, this hurts right here. Can you address it? Well, where is that coming from? That all comes from just the the power of information and the ability that you guys are bringing in as far as sharing that stuff. So that's, that's really great. So just to kind of like give people a little bit clearer picture on where we're at. We're in Nashville, where I live, and um, the Fine Tune Clinic is here in Nashville. You can find it online. What's the uh, email or the, not the email, but the um, website? You can go to thefinetuneclinic.com or you can go to that. That's actually going to launch soon. I don't know when this podcast is going to release, but it, it'll yeah. be it'll be live soon. Uh, and if not, you can go to dr. Dr. Charlie Kautz, K-A-U-T-Z dot com. So just basically my full name. With and we'll DR have links in the, in the show notes for sure. So people can, can find that there. But if if you're in Nashville, there's a few musicians in this town, I think. Just Quite a few. A little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Now, was that the motivation to, to move here? Yeah. Okay. Um, I... It was it was basically Austin, Texas, L.A., New York, or Nashville, and Nashville was really the only one. It was definitely the city I had most of my connections with. I had several bands that I had already been working with uh, quite a bit that, that reside here. I grew up two hours away in Paducah, Kentucky, and, um, and it was also the only city where I, I said, well, you know, if I'm in L.A., nobody's going to drive an hour to see their chiropractor because, you know, here you can get you know, to downtown Nashville, no matter where you are, you can get there within 25 minutes. So. Right, right. While I've got you here, because you have an appointment coming up, but while I've got you here, can you talk about meeting with John Densmore? Oh, Densmore, yeah. From The Doors. My John Densmore story. Yeah. yeah. So was that was... That kind of just the first experience and like, man, I could do something with this. It was, it was uh, catalytic for sure. It was... Um, I had treated a few bands, but mm-hmm. n- nobody really big. And I was in Milwaukee. I was, I think, like a year out of school at the time. And he had a book signing um, at a small bookstore outside of Milwaukee. And it was my cousin's birthday coming up. And my cousin and I grew up listening to The Doors together. And I said, I'm going to go down there and get uh, buy John Densmore's book and get it signed and give it to him for his birthday. Yeah. And so something and the back of my mind just said, bring your table. And so I brought my portable table, put it in the back of my car, didn't really think about it, just did it. And, um, you know, I have n- I've never had an issue meeting famous people before. I'm very social, engaging, and, and so I got there, I'm in the back of the line, and, you know, I'm sitting there, I let the line die down and came back, and I'm watching all these people just freeze up and be weirdos in front of this guy, you know? And so I go up there finally, and, and I just, we hit it off. I'm just being bright and bubbly, and, you know, he's asking me a bunch of questions. He goes, what do you do for a living? And I said, well, I'm a chiropractor, actually. I just got out of school, and I had this idea where I want to work with professional touring musicians as a chiropractor. And he looked at me right in the eyes, and he said, you want to adjust me? And I said, yeah. And he goes, you got your table? And I go, yeah. 
And he goes, all right, well, why don't you just pull your car around back? And I'm like, uh, okay. So I went and got my car and drove around back and realized it was the back alley of a bookstore. And I'm like, what? And he walks what out going on? <laughs> and he goes, well, you might as well set your table up here. And I'm like, everything in my mind's like, I'm like, is this even legal? Like, should I do this? Should I, like, in the back alley of a bookstore, this is a famous musician, like, you know, and I, I set my table up there and I treated him and, uh, he we never saw Charlie. Again. Yeah. 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 And then I went on a cosmic journey and, <laughs> no. um, he, uh, he, he knew, I could tell he knew he had been treated by a chiropractor before. And he basically, he told me that, um, a chiropractic saved his career, that he had chronic back pain. And if you look at videos of John Densmore drumming, he has terrible posture. He plays in lumbar flexion, very slouched, like a lot of those old school drummers played. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I do. And uh, inherently, his fulcrum's at his thoracolumbar junction, and that's exactly where he had his chronic pain. And we have adjustments that uh, promote movement into that area. Um, and essentially he, he, he said that he, because he's not going to change his ergonomics cause he was in his mid seventies, he knew his posture was the reason he had back pain, uh, which is usually what I teach younger drummers. Like, Hey, you know, you have an opportunity to modify your posture now. Yes. You know, you're going to have problems long term unless you change things. And, but for him, he, he, he just was okay and probably can afford getting adjusted every once in a, you know once or twice a week or whatever and um i also it was also very cool because i started to do a lot of art and soft tissue work on his forearms and he had never had that done before and so we spent a lot of time together and he was really into it and wanted to help me out and and basically said hey do you want you know a testimonial to use to help promote your business and your practice moving forward and I said, of course. And so his manager sent me an email, a nice testimonial, and you know said, feel free to share this story of our interaction I moving forward. And so that was very cool for me, just because you know he told me the doors used to bring chiropractors out uh, every week or two to the venues when they were on tour. And this is back when chiropractic was voodoo. Right. You know, now it's can you know people understand the research and the science behind it, but back then it was basically the same as as witchcraft mm-hmm. and and so that added validity to my mission it added validity to what i wanted to do and what i wanted to achieve it kind of taught me hey you this is something you could do and moving forward and then it also gave me some street cred because now all of a sudden i have a john densmore testimonial and and to be honest that probably ended up allowing me me to fetch a couple more gigs moving forward um, it's amazing would, how it all just builds upon each other, but that just making that first step and being able to feel comfortable in front of him, he probably felt that from you. It's like, wow, I've, I love my fans, but this person just seems more normal and I feel comfortable in around him. Yeah, and, and that's, that's something I think that I was really good at from the start. I've always felt comfortable in the music industry. I'm a musician, but not I, not very a not very good one. But Cheyenne, how are you feeling about like this stuff as you started work with Charlie and meeting musicians and kind of like maybe getting into this scene that you were maybe less familiar with? Is it safe to say you were less familiar with it before? Yeah, I was less familiar with it, but I knew that it's what I wanted to do, yeah. and it was very interesting how I found Charlie. I, That's one of my questions: Is how y'all found each other. <laughs> um, 
Well, it was meant to be, obviously. Yeah, obviously. But, yeah. Um, I, I found Charlie through um, someone that he had treated and worked with, I, I think, about six years ago when he was still in, in Wisconsin. Okay. Um, and it was actually a friend of mine who I had uh, been hanging out with over the summer when I was on break from school, and I had mentioned to him this idea that I had. I was like, man, I really want to work with musicians. I just loved music and being a part of being a part of it. You know, I, I felt selfishly like if I was able to work with musicians, that making them feel better would have an impact on the show. Sure. And so he said, hey, you know, there's this chiropractor that I worked with um, back in 2016 or 17. Let me see if I still have his card. And this was like a year and a half ago, two years ago. And he was so organized. He had this card, mint condition. Yeah. yeah. Literally. Mint, it, it, it was it one of my old business cards, too, with my old email address and old, like, my probably my personal cell phone number on it. It was like AOL.com. Something. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was so old, the email address, that when I emailed him, and it took me like three months to email him. I don't know if I had like a mental block or whatever. But anyway, I emailed him and he's like, how did you get this email? This is my personal email. Yeah. So I, I responded and um, to make a long story short, we went back and forth a couple times. We talked on the phone, ended up talking for about 45 minutes. Clearly, we both like to talk. So it wasn't too hard <laughs> to spend 45 minutes on the yeah, phone yeah, with each sure. other. Um, and I'd never been to Nashville. I grew up in DC, went to school in San Jose. So from one coast to the other, pr pretty much. Yeah. And, um, you know, before committing to doing my preceptorship here, which is what I really wanted to do, he was like, well, why don't you come down for like a week and just shadow me? And it was kind of us kind of screening each other to make sure like we weren't too crazy. Um, yeah, or, it's like being in a band. Or, or that we're both crazy. Yeah. We're both the same kind <laughs> of crazy. The same kind yeah. of crazy. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, the first thing I, I noticed was just how how kind he was. And I, I stayed with him at his home with, with his family um, and went to work with him. Like, he'd drive me around like I was his little brother. And we'd come mm -hmm. to work, and I'd, I'd help him with stuff, and he'd ask me stuff. And I got a chance to adjust him, which I think was part of the litmus test. Mm -hmm. um, audition here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, but then showing me around Nashville, um, and I just was so excited uh, about it. I, I thought it was very unique and niche and it's what I wanted to do. Have you been and here for a year here? Yeah. I, I'm yeah, about, I moved here on August 4th. Well, if you account the preceptorship, you've been here about a year and a half. Yeah. I came here before that for six weeks. And when I was here doing my preceptorship, basically you're earning credit towards your graduation at school, but not at school. Yeah. And so I was here for six weeks treating patients actually through music cares and I had my own like uh, load of, of patients that I was treating under his supervision and basically running everything by him. Mm -hmm. And that was cool because it really built my confidence up a bit because as a student, you kind of are kind of unsure of, of things. And real, he, real world practice and yeah, can yeah. be two different things. Exactly. And so he had confidence in, in me. And obviously, he was there if I needed help and, and all these things. But... It helped me a lot, and I, I really value and, and appreciate that um, because it it really allows you to believe in yourself, and that's really what you need as any sort of practitioner, doctor. You you need to be confident about what yeah you're you're doing. Well, I mean, as we talked about when we first started, man, I, I back all that up, and it's been a, a great experience for me for the last what four months, five yeah. months, and yeah. in 
mentioning Music Cares again, when we first met, I was like, look, I just came off the road. I left a road gig. Work is not really happening for me as the way it should. It's going to be hard for me to see you, but I need to see you because it was like the chicken and the egg thing. I need to get better to work more, but I need to work more to get better. You know, how do I do this? And you guys were like, Music Cares is where they can help. And they did help. And it was amazing to kind of get me started on a regular program and regular visits to kind of right the ship and get me on track. And that involves, and we can talk about this later, that involves seeing you, but also involves following the prescription of movement, exercise, supplements, all these other things. And the responsibility with your coaching and cheerleading, that is a huge component that has to happen. And I think for the most part, you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you can tell musicians what needs to happen. We're so used to practicing our craft that we're probably like, oh yeah, well, I just need to carve out some time when I'm practicing or learning music to do this Kind of create some bandwidth for those extra, you know, those extra added in supplemental routines. And that's kind of what it is, is we try to change, how can we change the routine? How can we add this into your routine? How can we take that bad stuff that's creating some of your symptoms out of your routine? You know, and so. I have some of the, I have some questions regarding that, but the, I, I do want to unpack just a couple things with uh, John Densmore. Uh, that that story you mentioned SRT. Can you explain to us what that ART? ART. Yeah, active SRT. Re- that's so funny. That's SRT is the trio of. of <laughs> I just published or posted an episode with, with J.R. Robinson and his new trio is called SRT. There so, you go. ART. Podcasts are running, <laughs> r- running together here. Yeah. Um, together. ART, and I believe you've had ART before, I correct? I have, I have. So ART is active release technique. It's kind of considered the gold standard in soft tissue uh, treatments. Um, it, it, it's two-pronged. So it's diagnostic in nature. Um, first and foremost, diagno- diagnosing the specific uh, muscle or tissue that's involved in a problem and then doing a specific protocol or release for that muscle, which uh, it's a little more complex than I'm about to explain, but essentially involves um, finding a fibrous adhesion or areas of dysfunction on that muscle, applying proper tension when that muscle is in its shortest position, and then lengthening that muscle into its longest position while you are applying that tension. Um, I use ART on almost every musician that I work with. Um, I, I do a lot of upper extremity stuff, ART, so arms, hands, um, and a lot of that stuff is even if I have someone who's in zero pain, is in performance enhancing in nature or almost like maintenance, right? So, you know, you got to get your oil changed for your car and you're using your arms and your hands all the time, no matter what instrument you're playing, unless you're drumming with your feet. And, um, and I look at kind of my ART soft tissue upper extremity protocols that I do on musicians on almost every musician as almost like getting an oil change and just kind of keeping keeping uh, that's a great analogy because you're not going to wait for your car to make a bunch of noise before you get well the oil most change. people do <laughs> with their bodies at least not their cars but with their bodies yeah I do both yeah 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 I wait <laughs> So ART, yeah, it's I'm 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 certified in ART. Um, Cheyenne uses uh, a, a soft tissue technique called FM. 
but he also has uh, got some ART uh, seminars that he's already registered for. Uh, so he's going to be on the ART game here very shortly. Um, and there's very few certified ART providers yeah. uh, in, in Nashville specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, there's a few, um, but it's a very expensive technique and it takes a lot of work to stay certified. So I actually, whenever I'm looking up, let's say I have someone in some you know city 45 minutes outside of Boston is looking for a chiropractor. I find a chiropractor who's certified in ART because I know they care. I know they put in the work. I know they're willing to go the extra mile to be a good doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of use it as a filter um, for if I don't know a specific provider in an area where I'm looking for one. I love that. That's a great, just the, you, like you said, the gold standard, and it gives you a great kind of marker to go on totally when you're helping other people Mm -hmm. find those those chiropractors can you guys talk about some issues or things about because this is the working drummer podcast uh that you see in drummers i'll give my two most common ones and then you can build on that shine so the two most common ones by far and and by the way we're going to talk about this stuff uh, at we're having a if you're in Nashville we're gonna have a, a drum clinic at Nelson Drum Shop on July 18th and yep. it's gonna we're gonna hone in on biomechanics posture ergonomics we're gonna have a couple very special guests my good friend Mr Adam Willard uh, phenomenal drummer he just started playing with Alkaline Trio he played with um, um, the Offspring and Angels and Airwaves um, my my friend Petard he plays with Corey Wong yeah uh, he'll be there as well um, we had Petard on as a guest there you go. Petard I'm amazing. sure that was an exciting podcast. He's he's great. He's an en- he's a ball of energy. Yeah, he is. He yeah. Is. Um, but yeah, so uh, I, th- I think it's gonna be a really awesome event. I think it's gonna be a great ne- networking event. But you can learn a lot. But July 18th at Nelson's Drum Shop. July 18th. Yeah, we're gonna make the announcement in a, in a couple of days. So by the time this airs, I'm sure there's already gonna be a ticket link up. Um, but what what I see my two most common flaws in drummers is a playing in lumbar flexion. So lumbar equals your low back portion of your spine. And it's designed, if we're sitting long periods of time, it needs to be in a neutral position. Neutral position is in the extended position. Now what most people do at behind a computer, and in particular at a, and, and at a drum st- seat, is they play in lumbar flexion, which puts you al- already at a disadvantage. Mm-hmm. And, um, bio- and if you're doing biomechanical actions on top of just sitting, you're not able to generate as much power from a lumbar flexed position as you are in the lumbar extended position. And so that's a really good baseline measurement because you're you're not even in neutral if you're in lumbar flexion. So, so does that just mean sitting up straight? S- sitting up straight. So if you put your hand on the low lower part of your low back um and if you don't feel the two ropey muscles on either side of your spine engaged that means they're not turned on that means you're not in lumbar extension Mm -hmm. it means you're in lumbar flexion the muscles on the front side are engaged um now if you slouch just a little bit you'll feel that you can't feel the c curve of your low back going inward that means you're in lumbar flexion that's how most people sit and uh, so that you're not neutral first, you know, and so over a long period of time, there's additional weight, pressure and stress that's put on the segments in your low back and also in your discs. And a lot of the muscles that should be engaging when you're playing aren't. Yeah. Um, so that's what create that's what John Densmore is doing. That's what creates that fulcrum at the thoracolumbar junction, the mid part of his back. 
that's what created his what he calls drummer's posture yes um and uh, along with a lot of other things it can create sciatica it can create uh pelvic instability it can create a lot of things and a lot of that is dependent on the specific drummer but that's that's kind of the most common thing i see the second most common thing i see is assuming it's a right-handed drummer we see a right a lot of right shoulder problems because your right shoulder is typically ride symbol Mm -hmm. and you're typically doing a lot of things up in that region um uh you know up in that upper right quadrant region where your shoulders in internal rotation and adduction. Now, if you're a right side sleeper on top of that, that's a recipe for disaster, because now you're spending your every you know a good amount of time drumming during the day with your with your shoulder in internal rotation and adduction ride symbol. Yeah. Then you go home every night and you spend hopefully seven or eight hours, but <laughs> sometimes more like four or five uh, with your shoulder that same shoulder in internal rotation and adduction. I can't tell you how many times I have a drummer come into my clinic, I see on the intake form it says right shoulder pain, and I go, are you a righty? And he goes, yes. And I go, do you sleep on your right side? And they go, yes. And I go, you gotta stop it. That's that's the first and foremost, you gotta stop that. It'll probably fix 50% of your problem right Mm -hmm, there. mm -hmm. So, you know, if I was gonna treat that person, I could probably get him better but it's gonna continue to come back until we take away the aggravating factors, right? Right. That's how we get them permanently good. It's just by education, by deep diving into that person's history, learning their day-to-day activities, identifying some of the causative factors, removing them, giving them counteractive exercises to, to rehab that issue and treat them, right? And probably the treatment itself is the lowest on the priority scale, in my opinion. Okay. You know, it's still good, but if you're not taking away the things that brought him there in the first place, it's a never-ending cycle. Well, again, I, th- I feel like that's what's been so great about seeing you, Cheyenne, is that not only am I seeing you for treatment, but I'm getting educated about what I need to be doing. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest benefit of seeing someone like us is to teach you because it empowers you. You don't have to think, oh, this happened. I need to go see whatever, massage therapist, chiropractor, medical doctor. Mm -hmm. If I give you the tools and I teach you what you can do to help yourself, then you're like, oh, this ain't no thing. I could just do this or I'll just got to keep up with this, you know? So education is the biggest part of, of what we do. And, and, and affordable, this, this being able to kind of take it upon myself to do yes. a lot of this stuff. Exactly. Right, right. And I mean, I tell patients, you know, sometimes p- people are only human. You know, you, sometimes people come in and I ask them, hey, have you been keeping up with your exercises? And they'll kind of like look down or they'll like look away and they're like, <laughs> no, like I had this, this and this. And I'm like, look, it's not, it's not my body. And, and you, you know, it's fine. You're only human. We're not always batting a thousand all the time. But... There has to be an understanding that... Have you ever gotten angry at a uh, patient? Have you just yelled? I mean, you could probably hear him from the other office, Charlie. You just like, I, uh, he's just like to berating be honest, this guy. Yes, we probably have, but I don't, I don't think really in, in their face. Maybe no. behind the scenes. I think it's more so, you know, you know, you know what parents say, well, you being a parent, I'm not a parent, but I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Oh, that's, that that's is the worst. That hits, that's that hits the worst, hard. right? Yeah. But 
once they kind of understand that this is a we thing, not a me thing. This is not me fixing you. I'm treating you. And part of treating you includes X, Y, and Z Mm -hmm. being assessing you almost. I'm a detective. I'm, I'm having to sift through everything that you're telling me and and figure out what the gold is. Like I'm literally sifting for gold. And then I have the gold, which is like what I believe is important and contributing to the issues that you have. And then we have to make changes and that's just life. Yeah, you have to make changes sometimes, and it's not always going to be comfortable. Therapy and improving and getting stronger is not always a comfortable process. And, and yeah, with, with you know, just to reiterate that, like a lot of times people are don't like to deal with pain, and I'm like, well, you know, there's the pain that you're dealing with or the discomfort that you can continue to deal with, or you can deal with the pain and discomfort and the frustration of failing, you know, in therapy and, and, and seeing and realizing this is weak and I need to strengthen this, or I have to change how I approach this and then improving and then getting stronger, you know? Well, especially if your life and a big part of your identity is your craft and your craft is being threatened by these physical ailments, it's there, I, there should be no greater motivation than to stop you know this stuff i do want to keep you while you while we've got time Mm -hmm. so not to i know you if you probably have things to say about drummers that you've experienced well and we'll get back to that cheyenne for sure yeah neck rotation that's the other big one that's what literally what i was thinking was basically uh without getting too into it but basically if you're if you're not center stage drummers are positioned in different areas on the stage and there's another thing I noticed with you is like yeah. when you're rehearsing you're constant looking one direction yeah. all the time usually to the left high that side and, and, and a lot of us put our music there our charts there yeah. and so you get in the habit or the bass player is on the hi-hat yeah. side and so we're watching them and then next thing you know, you're just like, this is how I play the, mo- the more time your neck is in neutral whether that's sleeping or playing or sitting and watching the TV, the longer your head is in neutral, the better, you know? Mm. And so if you're, every time you play, your head's in full right rotation, Yeah, you know, that's the same as sleeping on your stomach with your head in right rotation as well. So it's like when people start to give me cues that hone in on that I think their neck's spending a lot, a lot of time in rotation a certain way, that's when I start asking the questions of, okay, well, do you sleep on your stomach? Do you play with your head rotated to the right? Uh-huh. And then when you start to piece all those things together, you think, wow, this guy spends several, you know, 10, 12 plus hours a day with his head turned in right rotation. Then that's playing into uh, some of the presentations that you're seeing in terms of pain symptoms. So it's right. just like connecting those dots and, right. then, and then finding ways to, to mitigate that or decrease that and then, uh, um, and, and then just let the person be aware of it. Because a lot of times nobody knows. You don't think about those things. And there's ways, so many ways to become more aware of it, especially with technology. We, we can put a camera up. You can just turn your phone on and just watch yourself over the set and see how things are, are moving. Let me ask you guys both, kind of myths and people's apprehension about seeing a chiropractor and maybe speak to that, maybe. Because there's, it's, again, it's, we've come a long way. What I tell them is this, and you can expand. All I'm going to say is, I tell them, hey, don't believe me. (laughs) Believe the insurance actuaries who are crunching the numbers 
my medical malpractice insurance is less than $1,500 a year. That's nothing. And those are the people that are doing all the, yes. in terms of, of, of a safety aspect, if yes. that's your concerns, if you think you're going to get injured mm-hmm. somehow, I say, look, don't, don't believe me. I, you, don't, you know what I mean? Because I could say anything. But I'll show you my, my, my malpractice insurance papers. Here's how much I pay. Believe all the geniuses at math that are crunching the numbers on incident rates. And, uh, you know, a, there's, do, there's other kinds of doctors that people don't really have any apprehensions in seeing at all. And they're paying more like $15,000 a year. Right. Um, you know, because there's a lot of pharmaceutical drugs that can have a, na- a bad, a bad, bad effect on people. And I'm not saying pharmaceutical drugs are bad, but I'm saying they can be very dangerous. Yeah. And there should be safety concerns over some of those types of things. Um, but I mean, I, I get that a lot and it's totally fine. And thankfully for Cheyenne and I, we're two chiropractors that do a lot of things and are very adaptable. Yes. And so if someone comes in and they don't want their neck adjusted, that's fine. We can do other things and we can do our job. We might not be able to do it as good as we would hope in some instances if we think an adjustment is the appropriate thing, but it's not something that we have to do and we're totally fine not doing it. For sure. So you can adapt. Yeah. Yeah. What, you- yeah. what are your thoughts? I mean, have you had people push back against seeing you or like, oh, I don't know, I, I've never seen a chiropractor before. It's, it's just, it's. Yeah. I think it's. It takes a lot of trust to let go of your body. Oh my and I gosh, think yes. people are apprehensive because... And I trust you, and I still have a hard time, some, t- some days, depending on where my headspace is, just letting go and yeah. letting those things happen. And when I do, it's amazing. Yeah, and, and I really value that. And I, mm-hmm. like I said earlier, I empathize with people that have pain and issues because I've, I've had some myself. That's why I became a chiropractor. But... Um, a lot of times people are apprehensive because they look at a video or they see someone get adjusted and they're like, wow, like what is happening? And I always tell people it looks worse than it is. You know, we're, we're trained in what we're doing. Just like you go to a surgeon, they're trained. You go to a doctor, you go to any professional, they're trained in what mm-hmm. they're doing. They don't mm-hmm. just like decide one day, hey, I'm going to go do this. You know, so when when people come in, sometimes they're like, oh, I, I don't want to hear the noise. I, I feel like something's breaking. But the way to combat that and move forward from that is to explain what's actually going on. So the... Yes. Right. Yeah, so yeah, the, the sound that you hear, the cavitation, is caused by agitating fluid and gas forming. And it's a phenomenon of physics that's called tribonucleation. So basically, if you imagine you're on the back of a boat and you see the propeller or the bubbles coming up from the propeller, where are those bubbles coming from, right? There's no air being pumped into the water. The water is being agitated by the propeller, and then since water is two hydrogens and one oxygen, it agitates it, and it forms gas. Interesting. And in your joints, you have synovial fluid, and it's closed in a capsule. And so when that gas is formed... It's in a, since it's in a closed space, it, it causes a, a popping sound. And sometimes that happens with an adjustment. Sometimes that doesn't. That doesn't necessarily indicate whether an adjustment was successful or not. We check range of motion. And so the goal of adjustments is to increase your range of motion and reduce pain. 
and Res- restore proper joint biomechanics. Yeah. So we're, we're focusing on making sure the joints are moving well. And that's primarily because your body is alternating with mobile and stable joints. Joints have a function. Everything in your body has a function. It's designed a specific way. So if one area is really locked up, then something else is going to compensate. It's like if you're driving and your bearing is out and you hear the woo, 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 eventually you're, you're going to have some issues. Right. So we, or if you, you know, don't align your car, right. Your tires are just going to be like terrible. So I have people that come in and they, they are afraid because of the noise. And then you explain to them what the noise is and they're like, okay. But like Charlie alluded to, you know, we work with you. So if, you don't want to have your neck adjusted. I'm not here to force you to do that. I'm just, my goal is to make you feel better. So there's so many things that we can do aside from adjusting, including soft tissue work, stretching, things like that, exercises that can help with that. You right. know? And, and a lot of times, to be honest, a lot of times the first few visits we won't do that. And then trust is established amongst the patient. And then they're like, hey, why don't you go ahead and do why don't you go ahead? Oh, yeah. Why don't yeah. you go, go ahead and adjust my neck? And now? again, I think that there's times, especially if I hadn't seen you for a while, I might be a little apprehensive or, again, if depending on my day. But if I <coughs> excuse me, if I can just relax and let that happen, then I just I just know the end result is going to be so much better. Yeah. So do you have to can I ask you one last question? Yes. Because this is something we'll open up. Yeah. When we talk about something that completely that musicians do to sabotage their bodies, that that can sometimes exacerbate issues that you guys address all the time. Anything like that that you can talk about? No sleep. Yeah. No sleep, especially on tour. Um, obviously, not eating right and partying too much. All of that stuff makes the vessel the the you know a person's body um a lot harder to treat from a physical standpoint because some of the baseline nutritional stuff is not there and so if i can hone in if i'm on tour or if i'm seeing a a, someone you know over the course of a year several different times Along with my physical treatments, I'm providing a lot of education on baseline stuff that they can do. I mean, if someone's completely chronically dehydrated all the time, they're going to be in pain and there's not going to be much I can do from a physical standpoint, uh, you know. And so it's kind of teaching those baseline things yep. um, just to nourish the vessel, to nourish the body. Uh, I mean, literally, there, it would blow your mind how many people are out there just completely dehydrated every day. You know, mm-hmm. living off booze and coffee. Maybe one wa- one or two waters a day. There you go, as he puts his <laughs> coffee away. Um, so so that, that would be my biggest thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just like you're, you're literally, you wouldn't go to the gym and bench press, you know, every single day, five days a week, and not drink any water and not get any sleep. Like, it just doesn't make sense. And that's essentially what's happening right. uh, on a tour. And so... You know, I'm not saying to be completely straight edge um, and be like live your life like a professional athlete, but I'm saying instill some very baseline uh, practices into your routine that involve getting some basic nutrition into your system, involve getting seven to eight hours of regular sleep every night, involve drinking half your body weight in fluid ounces in water per day every day, um, or more, 
um, supplement some minerals into your system. I mean, just just baseline stuff goes a long way. Yeah, I love um, that. Especially if performance is, is a priority to you. Especially if performance, being injury-free, if you're actively rehabbing an injury, um, or if you're worried about playing the best you can for the longest period of time throughout yeah. the course of your, your career, um, that's just what you got to do. And we'll talk about some of that stuff at our at, at our event. Um, and you can hear more of Charlie. He's got an appointment coming up. But uh, I got a jet. I got a new patient. He's got a, he's got a jet. Um, I do want to give a major shout out to Music Cares, though. You talked about them earlier. They're mm-hmm. an incredible organization. If you ever need help with a uh, fine with 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 a chiropractor or a physical therapist or uh, I mean, hit them up. They're an incredible organization. They basically provide funding for health uh, needs. Um, and we, we do a, a clinic with them, a quarterly, quarterly clinic with them. Musicians or athletes is what they're calling it right now, where they basically send Nashville-based musicians and music industry professionals in to see us and cover the costs of two visits for all these people. They, they give several of our patients grants. They're, they're incredible, and I just want to uh, give them a big shout-out and thank them. And, you know, um, they allowed you to see us yep. and, yep. and for amazing. us to develop our relationship together. It's probably why we're here now. It's because exactly. of Music Care. So. Yeah, it's, why, it's why I'm working. It's why I'm staying busy. It's why I'm feeling better. And, you know, all those things make that up. Totally, and yeah. thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm gonna Thanks, let man. I'm gonna let Dr. Shion, Dr. G, take it from here. Dr. G, I'm gonna go. Uh, hopefully, help someone out in the other All room. Right. Here. We'll see you again. All soon. right. Thanks, guys. Yeah, man. All right. That guy. Now that he's gone, we can really let's dig in here. No, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. We'll see you. Thanks, now Charlie. R-rated material. Yeah. <laughs> see you guys. All right. So we talked about things that can sabotage progress, sabotage health. Yeah. Staying hydrated, drinking alcohol, too much alcohol, not getting enough sleep, you know, all these different things. Uh, can we talk about things that help? I mean, I, it's probably just, we'll just do the opposite. Drink less yeah. alcohol, drink more water, you know, get better sleep. But what about like exercises and, and other things like that? You've prescribed some of that to me. Yeah. Well, I also want to preface this by saying that I think that everyone deserves to have a good time. And mm-hmm. although, yeah, it's alcohol is not great for you, you know, there's no real benefit to drinking uh, or staying up late or whatever, but there is benefit to socializing and having a good time and hanging out with your friends and enjoying your life. So, you know, you're not a robot. I think there should be a balance. Like, you don't want to go out and get wasted every night. But, you know, if you, Every once in a while, you know, you have friends in town you haven't seen, you're up late and you're drinking. And you're that's eating. part of the business, too, is the social aspects. There, it, that's that, true. That can, be a, that can be challenging for an introvert, but at the same time, if you want to do more in the entertainment industry or any, I always almost say any business, there is a social aspect of it, and oftentimes it involves alcohol or being out late or other things like that. And I think if you have some reserve in the tank and you can say, well, I'm going to do this. This is a, this is an important thing. This is an important event. I need to be at this night, but you weren't up, you know, for the week before you can actually maybe fit that. Yeah. And, and not to say that you need alcohol to have fun, but just if that's something that you want to do, I don't think you should feel bad about it. Mm -hmm. Um, but exercise is so good for you that 
I think I don't remember the exact figure, but I, I believe it basically re- reduces your risk of dying by any cause called all cause mortality by like 50%. Wow. So if you, if you exercise just, I think three hours a week, you could, you can break that up into 30 minutes a day and it's just so good. And I'm talking about some that actually makes you work, not just like going for a stroll, but some that like you'll be a little out of breath and you feel like you need to, like you could talk to someone but you would you would have to like take some deep breaths in order to like something that actually gets your heart rate going it's important to to exercise not only for health but also for strength as especially as you get older like after 30 yeah you know it's it's a lot harder to maintain muscle mass for both men and women and i think working out especially weight training is really important for both women and men because the more effectively that you can support your own weight and your own body weight, the less likely you are to get injured. Right. Um, and especially as, as we get older, the biggest risk of dying and injury is from falling Oy. after you get to a certain age. So the stronger you are, the less likely you are to, to have a fatal fall. Um, so exercise, nutrition. I mean, the thing is, these things are so foundational and very simple. Nothing has to be super complicated. Um, there, there's a wise man, I'm sure you've heard of him, Albert Einstein, he said, simplicity is the key to brilliance. Mm. And I try to keep things as simple as possible. Like if, like Charlie alluded to, if someone comes in and you know they're up all night, all the time, they don't sleep a lot, they drink a lot of caffeine, they drink a lot of alcohol, but they also work out and, you know, and they also have some healthy habits. It doesn't necessarily cancel each other out. It's definitely better than if they didn't work out, but also, you know, you're not giving me a lot to work with if you're trying to get better. Your body needs the tools to heal. And a lot of people forget that their body needs time to heal. You know, it, imagine if you, God forbid, broke your, broke your arm. It's not going to be healed tomorrow. It's not going to be healed right. in two weeks. It's going to take a few months to probably more time now at this age than 15 20 years ago no not not too much longer okay i would say but um well let's test it it out (laughs) yeah give me your arm give me your arm (laughs) um no but it just I, i think there has to be an understanding um when patients come in that like I said before, I'm not here to fix you. I can't fix you. If I could, I would. If there was some magic thing that I could do, if there was some magic adjustment or some magic soft tissue modality that I could use or machine, I would I would use it. But unfortunately, the best thing to do is just give your body the building blocks it needs, which consists of rest, nutrition, hydration, and load. Load being exercise. That's the biggest thing. Exercise is the most powerful tool when it comes to dealing with insufficiencies in your movement, whether you have pain, like a lot of times muscles that are painful are are usually weak. So like, you know, I, for example, struggled with a lot of pain that was in my back in between my shoulder blades. I had really weak muscles there. Um, and it takes time to strengthen them. You know, it's not going to happen overnight and it can be frustrating, but 
that's where the consistency comes in and the and the plan and trying to build it build a habit into your daily routine and you know being okay with the fact that it's not always going to be an upward linear trend improving and healing is kind of a scatter plot that trend wise is pointed up but the dots are not always above the next one or past the next one in a positive sure, way. Sure, sure. It's not There's, a straight line. It's not line. always positive. There's yeah. Sometimes it goes up and down, up and down, up and down, and then it may go like way up and then it goes down like a little bit. So, you know, we just want to keep on the course, so to speak. No, I, 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 I'm so glad that you mentioned that. And even in my conversation and work with the personal trainer, Aaron Apter, he's like, you're going to have bad days and you can't just completely write that off and say, well, I've... Uh, you know, I've undid all the work that I've done because I'm not having as productive of a day or I'm not feeling as great today as I did yesterday. It's like, you're just going to have times like that, you know? So, but if, if the trend is moving upward over the course of time, that's what you need to stay focused on. Because again, kind of like linking this back to the mind, the power of, of the mind and how it affects your body. It's important to be educated to a point where you understand these things understand that it's it's going to take work be patient and you'll have good results and and, and that's what i've been trying to get across for the, the the last few years as i've been working towards getting better or kind of undo some of this repetitive stress injuries is that i have to be patient with this and i'm getting better when i look back a year ago i'm better than i was a year ago much better than i was two years ago Am I where I want to be? No. Will I ever as a player? Probably not. But am I working? Am I expressing myself? Am I able to create? Am I able to do all those things that I need to do as a, as a working musician? The answer is yes. You know? And so that's, that, that hopefully gives me some peace to then stay focused and not slip back into a lifestyle that you've, defined little sleep lots of caffeine lots of alcohol that was me like 10 years ago and i exercised a lot and i thought well i'm canceling these things out but i was just setting it was just it was just a bad recipe yeah, yeah. no it it it's you know you don't want to do a disservice to yourself by kind of getting down on yourself for things yeah 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 and, yeah. and understanding that you know, like I said before, you're only human and the goal is to always improve. Like it's always good to be critical of yourself. And I think we're always our own worst critic, but gratitude is, is I think imperative, mm. um, mm. in growth, being grateful and thankful for what you've already achieved because sometimes, you know, yeah, everyone should want to improve. Like you don't want to stay stagnant, but I think that if you don't look at what you've already done and be like, Hey, look, like I did this, you know, right. Then you're like, wow, like I can do more, but it's not, you don't want to think, Oh, I need to do more because I'm not good enough. It's like, wow, look at all this that I've already achieved. I can do more. Like I have more potential. Yeah. And I think the potential for, for everyone is, is endless, you know, and building, building upon experience and not yeah. forgetting that, that you're not starting from ground zero every day. Those things you're building upon. Can I ask you real quick? One of the things that, that you guys have introduced me to is some supplements 
And that's another thing that you guys provide here yeah. at this is not only all the things we've talked about, but in, in supplements. So I don't know if you could address that. I realize that every patient is different. Everybody yeah. has a different specific needs. I have some anti-inflammatories, yeah. some nerve things that you've uh, Yeah, sure, sure. And I think uh, supplements are, are just that. They're not like, you know, you don't want to get too caught up in the weeds or, or too myopic you know and 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 get into oh i need to take this supplement that supplement because i know nowadays it's so easy there's supplements everywhere and they're like take this this is the best of this or that or whatever but once we get a like a plan dialed in and and we see okay like nutrition hydration and sleep and all that stuff is kind of in order then we can look at supplements and see how we can kind of optimize things and for you specifically which with what you had going on really simple supplements like we were talking about cura pro which has bcm 95 curcumin in it mm-hmm. um, is a really great anti-inflammatory um, and it has boswellia that's that's really great for nerves right and so that was something that we included in your stack so to speak and it's a very harmless supplement it's great in general i wouldn't necessarily give it to everyone i don't think everyone needs to have an anti-inflammatory. I think there are a lot of people that do have inflammation, but you know, for example, if you go to the gym and work out, you probably don't want to take an anti-inflammatory in that way. Cause you're the goal of exercising is to push your body and then it adapts and then you can keep pushing it. But if you take like antioxidants or anti-inflammatory like that, um, you know, after you work out, it can kind of uh, inhibit some of the benefits oh, interesting. of okay. working out that cause you to adapt. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so, so as that, somebody that does exercise regularly, yeah, I would, I wouldn't take like antioxidants and, you know, things like that the same day as mm-hmm. you work out now, you know, on off days, or if you're dealing with an issue, like you, you know, got a twinge or you tweak something. Yeah. But the goal of supplements, like I said, is, is just a supplement. You don't want to like feel it's in like the you word. need exactly. It's in the word, <laughs> self-explanatory. <laughs> um, but yeah, I I think that they can be very powerful, but they are not the make or break thing, so to speak, in the healing process. That's yeah. really the patient and and the patient understanding that we are a team, you know, I'm Tom Brady and you're Randy Moss. All right. So I'm, I'm throwing you the, I'm throwing you the, the football. I'm throwing you the rock. Okay. You got it. I, I, I know Tom Brady. I don't know who this other guy is. That's <laughs> <laughs> I'm the worst man <laughs> when it comes to this with the sports ball insert any receiver <laughs> okay. with tom brady and you're gonna win a super bowl <laughs> um but i did want to touch on some of the fascial manipulation that please I please doing. i had that down too yeah. So we talked about nerves we talked about musculature muscles and yeah. other things like that i and tried so, to use a big word it did not happen <laughs> musculature 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 something um stretch armstrong yeah <laughs> wait is that is he a receiver Stretch Armstrong. Stretch Armstrong. Or no, he walked on the moon. Uh, Anyways. (laughs) (laughs) You're combining a lot of things now. Wait, what supplement? Stretching muscle. What supplement? Neil Armstrong. Yeah. All right, right. 
Um, so Char- so like Charlie said, he does a lot of ART, and that's mostly focused on individual muscles. Yeah. Uh, although it does, although it does affect the fascia, fascial manipulation is designed to address specifically the fascia, and fascia is your largest organ, really. Uh, it has the most amount of free nerve endings that's going through it. There, it's basically the scaffolding for your. Is it just nerves. below the skin? Is like between you have different layers of fascia. Okay. So, I'll do a quick kind of rudimentary explanation of of fascia, so you can kind of imagine it. Um, if you take saran wrap and then you put honey on it, and then you put another layer of saran wrap on it, and then you kind of do that a few times, that's kind of similar to how fascia functions. It has what's called tensegrity. So it has a lot of integrity, and it can withstand a lot of load, but it also has to move very well and be fluid. Now, you can have areas where tissue, due to either injury or re- repetitive stress, like for a musician, uh, or, or other types of athletes, you can have areas that get really dense and kind of tacked down and stuck to itself. And just like joints are designed to move, tissue needs to move and glide freely independent of the other tissues around it. Mm-hmm. And the issue that happens when you have injuries is when a scar happens, the scar is kind of laid down in a very haphazard way. It's just like, you know, all on top of itself. And because of that, if you pull on it, since it's not only going one direction, it's more likely to get injured again when, when you have like a scar. Um, and so fascial manipulation is designed to reduce some of the density and restriction that is in the fascial system. And it's broken up into different lines that kind of are based off of different planes that we move in. Would you say humans. that drummers deal a lot with this type of issue I would say with scar tissue being reintroduced to I I I, I want to uh, make the point that I'm not breaking up anything breaking mm-hmm. up any scar tissue um, but with with fascia and fascial adhesions and densifications as they call it in fascial manipulation I'm creating friction and this friction creates heat and just to tie it all together with the honey saran wrap example, honey when it's warm is very liquidy. It's viscous, but it's it's very fluid, sure. right? But if you leave honey out over time, it gets kind of sticky and hard, and then it crystallizes and turns crusty and stuff. Similarly, the ground substance in your fascia or between the layers of your your fascia can function the same way. Mm-hmm. So. Just like nerves go through fascia, blood vessels and capillaries go through fascia, and those supply nutrition to your muscles, to everything. And so if the area gets dense and it's starting to dry up, yes, it starts to compress on those blood vessels. So now it has less nutrients and more metabolites, basically mm-hmm. cellular trash that isn't getting filtered out and circulated out through your lymphatic system. So... Um, Following that, once it gets kind of more dense and dry, almost like a dry sponge, it gets like, you know, if you take a dry sponge, you can probably crack it in half, right? Because it's like completely just like a chip. Yeah. Um, So once it gets to that point, then that reduces movement all around that area. So when you're trying to move or lift things, you're not 
you're not using all the real estate, so to speak. And fascia is how your body responds to load over multiple joints. So like if I curl my bicep, you're like, oh, you know, that was your bicep contracting and you bend your elbow. Sure. Along with some other muscles. Yeah. But if I have my shoulder kind of flexed right in front of me and I also, you know, curl my bicep, then it's not just bicep, but, you know, I have my coracobrachialis and I have my deltoid and I have my serratus and all these different things are working together and the fascial system is helping to add stability throughout multiple joints to yeah. support me. Yeah. And it's truly amazing how advanced it is and and how much you can kind of trade it and and honestly what humans can achieve in terms of strength and and athleticism and stuff like that how old is this information i mean it's just it's understanding I mean, it's, the, the whole the, fascial yeah so it, it's there's more and more research being done now it, earlier on it was i mean fascia was just peeled away and thought to be completely useless like with cadavers so because they were trying to get down to the muscle and so even in cadaver lab i was a, a an anatomy tutor like a gross anatomy tutor in school um, all the cadavers were prosected, meaning that they were already dissected out and everything was separated out for the students. We weren't actually doing any of that with scalpels and things I like see. that. And so the fascia is removed so you can have a clear view of the muscles, the arteries, the nerves, the veins, all these things. But the fascia plays such an important part in how you move and how your body supports itself and load in general that the research now, especially coming out of Italy with the Stecco family, um, which they're the ones that teach the fascial manipulation, and I plan on taking more courses with them because it was really wonderful, and I've had really, really great results, including yours. Yeah. yeah. Um, it, I will say it's probably one of the most uncomfortable things to experience. <laughs> um, and I always tell patients, like, I'm not going to do anything to you that I haven't had performed on me. Yeah. So... Basically, if you can imagine someone like sanding something down or filing something down, that's kind of what I'm doing with my forearm or hand when yeah. I'm on the tissue. And it's like, it's a very unique feeling because you might feel burning, you might feel some pain referring, and that's kind of a good sign. That's kind of what, you know, it tells me that that's kind of a live point, so to speak. Mm -hmm. But I don't, you know, there's a diminishing return. I don't want you to be in so much pain that you're like writhing off the table. Yeah, but still, it's like to get work done and to, 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 I mean, we do that in the gym. We do that with a certain amount of exercise. We do that when, with a certain amount of, you know, honing our craft and practicing. There's just, there's going to be times when it may not be, you know, completely comfortable, but we're, you know, trying to move forward. Exactly. And that's another reason why exercise is important mentally so that you can overcome things that are uncomfortable every day in life. And you know, everyone struggles with this. I struggle with this sometimes, you know, doing things that are uncomfortable. You don't feel like doing it, but I mean, that's, that's life. And if you can callous your mind enough, then things just become 
not necessarily easy, but it's just a non-issue. You're like, whatever, this is life. I just got to do it. Tell me about the location. So anybody that's in, because this is a cool place and they've given yeah. us a room to record this, this episode and it's, it's really cool. And there's songwriters that use it. There's a performance space. What's the name of this building? It is called Indo Nashville. I N D O. And it stands for innovation domain. Um, and it's been around for, I think about a decade, uh, maybe a little bit, a little bit more. I didn't stumble upon it, obviously, until I, I met Charlie and came here um, almost two years ago. Um, but it's just south of downtown, off yeah. Fog Street. And so, I mean, if, if you need a place to work, uh, you know, kind of, I, I hate to use the, the you know, the we work thing, but it's it's got it, a it little is. bit of that vibe to yeah. it, but a more uh, artistic space, yeah. uh, more welcoming, more Nashville, more of the music thing uh, again, but then you guys have your office here as well. So it's a fun place to come and show. It's not to, to be at. It's it's not as sterile as like going to an, you know, a medical space. In that yeah. And I think, well, it, it is kind of like a bohemian, like mom and pop we work and, and it's kind of got a chill vibe. It's very natural. It's got records hanging from the ceiling. It's got, yeah. Yeah. you know, artwork and, and the non-cubicles. Yeah, the uncubicles. Uncubicles. The, the blood, sweat, and tears that the owner put into this place is incredible because he built most of what you see by hand, and he maintains everything him, it's himself. It's really great. It's um, really great. He built yeah. all the cubicles, the tables, yeah. uh, things like that. But, you know, it it's difficult not to compare it to WeWork because that's really what the space kind of is like, just like a private we well, work, but again, if somebody wants to come see you guys, or there's other things here that that are accessible oh, yeah. for for whatever, and it and it's helpful for people when they come in. It kind of chills them out a bit when they're in this setting, as opposed to like what they would imagine going to see a doctor would be like. And we know white coat syndrome is a thing. Like you know, people kind of get a little scared if they see someone in a white coat. Um, you or know, a so yellow just, polo shirt. Yeah, or a yellow polo shirt like what I'm wearing right now. <laughs> um, but I think it's always like the goal should always be to make people feel comfortable because you want to have a professional relationship, but you also want people to feel comfortable sharing things with you, especially as a doctor. You got to have the whole picture. Yeah. And I think this space does a really great job at helping us do that. And we, we there are other non music professionals. Here, there's a massage therapist that's two doors down from me that's really wonderful. Um, and it's a nice little community. There is an event space, and they have, uh, I think, um, Americana Fest. This was one of the locations right. for Americana Fest. Um, Martin Guitar is right upstairs, and they'll have some showcases where they'll have events, and they'll throw them here. Um, Amra is like a Australian-based like production company, I believe, and they, they had a, a showcase a couple weeks that's ago, awesome. which was good. Awesome. Um, so, yeah, it's fun. Like you said, very Nashville, but I am very pleased with with the location. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Well, man, listen, I, I, just to remind people, uh, July 18th, it's 2023 now. So if you're listening to this episode down the road, um, you know, it's, it's, it's still, are we still in June? We We're are. Finishing up in June. Okay, so... It's, uh, you know, a few weeks away, and uh, this episode will be out b- well before then, in a, in a couple weeks. But uh, So I encourage anyone who's listening to this that's in the area or lives in the area, July 18th at Nelson's Drum Shop. Come see these. Do you know what time yet? Uh, I think it'll be about 7, 
but you can go to their website at 7 o'clock but we'll have details coming out soon and and tickets will be available Cheyenne thank you man thank you so much Dr. G Dr. whatever Dr. Cheyenne Dr. G Dr. Kafari yeah like you said just call me just call me yeah (laughs) thanks my friend more than welcome so there you have it my conversation with Dr. Charlie Counts and Dr. Cheyenne Gafari. Hope that was informative for you. Don't forget July 18th at 7 p.m. at Nelson's Drum Shop. If you are in Nashville, go check those guys out. Our episode next week will be the return of Patar Yannick. It's been a few years since we had him on the podcast, but Zach will be interviewing him this time. There's been a lot going on with Patar, uh, not only with uh, working and touring with Corey Wong, but his own group and, and lots of other things. I'm excited to hear what he's got to say and catch up with him. So stay tuned for that. But uh, for now, everyone, stay safe, stay sane, and hope to see you around. Bye-bye.